Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. everybody welcome to the people under the stairs this is take two i just muffed our intro just a second ago <laughs> <laughs> this is one of your co-hosts stan wangland and my other adorable and very spooky co-host paul james caden is with us tonight so i shall say hello paul are you there i'm here and i'm not so spooky <laughs> that's right He's actually very spooky, folks. We we have to get very spooky here, and uh, I, uh, you know, it's uh, we don't rehearse the show. Obviously, we have some general guidelines for the show, but I do have to give a shout out if Paul doesn't mind to our friends in China. I understand that the people under the stairs, um, we seem to be hitting a lot of offbeat countries <laughs> in terms <laughs> of making the charts, uh, and we have. Uh, charted at number 40 which is pretty damn good considering there's 900,000 podcasts out there and I'm being yeah. serious in China and uh, I get, we've dropped down Paul uh, after a few weeks you've dropped down to 121 I understand hey that's so, still not so bad it's not so bad but we've got a shocking uh, program tonight uh, dedicated to the people in China and uh, as a matter of fact the entire show is going to be in Chinese <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this is actually a very serious show, and it's a couple of days uh, before uh, Thanksgiving, and I want to have a little levity just for, for a moment, if Paul didn't mind, or all of you didn't mind, and, uh, you know, uh, because it's, it is a really serious show. And uh, tonight's show is, is, um, is going to be in multiple episodes, and uh, I think I'm going to just knock off the uh, title of the show right away. In, in terms to let people in, it's going to be on angels, aliens, and UFOs. 
oh my. Uh, and it'll all make sense to you in a while because we've done a number of shows on all of those three topics. And several times, Paul has done a teaser of uh, saying, well, I had uh, an experience starting in 1979 that's carried me on into the, you know, to the next millennium. Millennium, excuse me. Uh, that's really fascinating. And, and I've heard most of that story from Paul, which he hasn't told to many people. And uh, Paul hinted on our last show when we were talking about guardian angels that he was thinking of or wanting to or desiring to, 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 to put the story out on the people under the stairs. And I have to tell you uh, that it's a fascinating story. I think everybody will enjoy it. It can't be told, in my opinion, in one sitting without going for a, a couple of hours uh, because it has lots of twists and turns and uh, different interpretations of things or, you know, just, just different facets to the story. And, um, uh, you know, we had some topics for uh, shows tonight, which were very interesting. But I, but I kind of said to Paul, I said, gee, gee you know, I, I really wish you'd it's do that story uh, on angels, aliens, and UFOs. Uh, and, and you'll see how that all ties in together. Stick with me uh, and, and Paul on this one. Because it's uh, it's fascinating, and it also ties into uh, the idea that uh, during Christmas time, uh, people used to tell shocking show stories, you know, horror stories and spooky stories for Christmas. And I was looking, and I couldn't find any for Thanksgiving uh, at all, really. And this is a pretty spooky one in, in many ways, uh, and and fascinating story, and. It just so happens that this starts in uh, November, if I'm not mistaken, of 1979. So with that rather long introduction that Paul's been very patient with, since he's going to be, do them, be doing the majority of the uh, talking on the, uh, the show today with some questioning by me, uh, what do you say, Paul? You want to... Do you want to jump into this angels, aliens, and UFOs and take us back, uh, close your eyes and take us back to 1979, give us a lead in, whatever, however you'd like to begin your story? I do not wish to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, this is, um, this is kind of cool because last year when I, I started podcasting, I was going to tell this story on my podcast the spirit side. And I told a couple of parts, but then I kind of backed out of it because, you know, though I, I talk about this uh, with certain people now, I've actually written a book. If you go on Amazon, it's digital and paperback is called an angel came down by Paul James Caden. And uh, you know, I wanted to get the information out there because the, the older I got, the, the more I, I just felt that, that people, should know this, you know, to know that, you know, I don't think we're really alone in this universe in our lives, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's really not a spooky story. You know, it's, it's not something that's, uh, you know, hair raising or eerie, uh, although it is shrouded in a, in a bit of mystery. And, uh, I, I didn't know what it was I was encountering, if anything, uh, when all this started or whether, uh, you know, I was just, hallucinating or had some undiagnosed mental illness because it was just really bizarre. But to, to give a little, um, 
a little background on this. You know, we, we talk a lot on the show about altered states of consciousness or uh, raising, getting to another level of consciousness where people might see things or experience things that others do not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think my story goes back to being a baby in the crib. And I've told you this before, and I, I may have made mention of it um, on the show. I have memories of being a baby in the crib, looking through the the wooden bars at the nightlight across the room in my bedroom. I I couldn't speak. You know, I had no way to to phrase what I was feeling other than this place I currently was in was not my real home. I was from somewhere else. I missed it and I wanted to go back. Now, the older I got, and when I'm, I'm talking older, you know, I'm like two, three, uh, this feeling follows me through my life. And when I would see people like my parents arguing, my father used to drink uh, a little too much uh, at times, or my brother would act up and do some bad thing to me because he was older than me. I remember I would sit back and think, or even when I would go to school, you know, and I'd see the kids bullying me or other kids or just, you know, people doing bad things. I would sit there and think to myself, you know, don't they understand what they're doing? We we got it all wrong here, and this isn't the way that we should act toward one another. Uh, this is not the way we acted in that other place that we're all from. And doesn't anyone remember uh, how we were there? We all cared for one another. We loved one another. We treated one another you know, nicely. We, we weren't mean. We didn't argue. We didn't do these things. So it, it, it's, it's a very, um, peculiar start to my life. And, and I remember, uh, these thoughts and these feelings very vividly. I'm 52 years old now, and I can remember it like it was yesterday, you know, thinking these things, having these feelings that I was from somewhere else, there's some somewhere or someone that I missed. And, um, Probably when I was about two years old, uh, I actually did uh, start seeing some things that people would call ghosts, ghost apparitions, things that were kind of, uh, you know, unexplainable. So, you know, I just think I was one of those people that was born with that, whatever it is that allows some people to sense or see or, or tap into that other realm or the spiritual realm, uh, as we call it. And, uh, the story with the angel or the UFO or the alien, uh, you know, really the, the older I got, it, it just seemed like, you know, I, I started school. My first day of school, I was beat up. You know, I spent years, uh, before school, going to school, watching my father drink. He would treat my mother, you know, terribly, uh, my mother was a very good person, but when me and my brother were little, she, uh, you know, she really had a lot of, uh, issues with anxiety and stress and, and even took some, you know, pills to like calm her nerves because my father always had her in such a state. So there was a lot of anxiety at home. My father, you know, he would get drunk. He, you know, he would, uh, call me and my brother names, you know, we'd just be in our room playing. And he'd come, you know, bursting in the bedroom. We were, we're, we're little kids, you know, four or five years old, you know, uh, seven, eight. He'd come breaking in our room, you know, where we're playing. You know, he calls wimps, faggots, retards, you know, if he was our age, 
you know, he was a man and he'd kick both of our asses with his hand tied behind his back, you know, all, all kind of crazy stuff like this. So there was a lot of verbal abuse. <clears throat> and this spilled over to other family members. I don't know what it was with, with my family, particularly my, my father's side of the family, uh, his cousins and, you know, all of that. Uh, all very heavy drinkers. Um, they would all have very derogatory things to say to little kids, particularly me and my brother. Because we were the kind of kids, you know, we weren't, you know, we're into dirt bikes and racing and climbing trees. You know, we were the comic book kids. We were Spider-Man. We were the Avengers. We were, you know, Batman. You know, we were very imaginative kids. So the the thing that they would say to us all the time is, you know, oh, you know, they tell my, you know, my father sitting there drinking, oh, your kids are weird. You know, they're wimps. They act like retards. So this were like, this was like reverberating names that, uh, you know, uh, people constantly threw, you know, at me, at my brother. And, uh, you know, I found it to be, to be very hurtful, very disturbing. And again, I would say, why, why do people act this way? So fast forward again, going to school, my first day of school in kindergarten, I get beat up, you know, the, the teacher was mean to me cause I was crying to go home. You know, it was, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, tre- a tremendously, uh, you know, not a good day. But, uh, you know, you go along in life, you make friends, you know, there's a friend, a, a kid that lived next door to us right across the road in our neighborhood. And uh, he was my age and he would come over and he, he was very peculiar because he would come over and, you know, he was supposed to be our friend. And he would sit there and call, you know, particularly me, you know, uh, sometimes my brother, same thing, you know, wimp, faggot, retard, you know, look at the way you comb your hair, look at the way you dress, you know, look at this, look at that. You know, so it was like, you know, all this like just keeping like verbal abuse. It seemed like no matter where I went, you know, other kids, relatives, my father, you know, it it just seemed to be everywhere. And, you know, fast forward now, you know, through many years of this to November 15th, 1979, I was in the sixth grade. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, how old were you in 1979, Paul? I was 12. You were 12. Okay, so you were just entering uh, puberty. Yep, I was just. Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah. And uh, I I was in the sixth grade, and it it was a a terrible uh, school year. Uh, You know, again, it was just uh, one of these things where I felt very singled out by the teacher, uh, constantly yelling at me, you know, you know, putting me on the spot, you know, and just for instance, I remember one day we were, we were taking a quiz and the teacher said, you know, when we're taking the quiz, no, you know, you're not allowed to sharpen your pencil. You stay in your seat. You, you know, you, uh, you know, you just do your work. So the quiz starts in about halfway through my, the point of my pencil actually breaks. And during this time, there were three or four other kids that got up and went to the pencil sharpener and sharpened their pencils. And, the teacher looked at them. She didn't say anything. So I thought hey, it must be okay. You know, my, uh, you know, my pencil point broke, uh, you know, I got to sharpen it or I can't finish uh, the quiz. So I got up and I make it about halfway uh, to the pencil sharpener and the teacher, her name was Mrs. Blake. She jumps up out of her seat at her desk and she's like, where are you going? You know, I said there was no, you know, sharpening of pencils during the quiz. 
So I'm like, well, you know, I saw other kids do it on my pencil. But I don't care. What's wrong with you? Don't you listen? There's something wrong with you. So she's like going off on me. So this this was the kind of thing. It, it just seemed to be like uh, a curse. <laughs> you know, when I, I, I was uh, I was a pretty depressed kid at that point. I had a lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety. When I think back to the way that I felt back then, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was, it was a lot, you know, I was constantly feeling, you know, like the, the world is just, you know, a big, angry, ugly place. And during that time, uh, probably this started when I was about 11 um, I would go in my room, listen to music, and th- there was this old uh, picture of Sacred Heart of Jesus that was always on my, uh, me and my brother's bedroom wall, and I don't know where it came from. It was just always there. And I would, I would talk to God. I would, I would sit there listening to music and say, you know, God, I don't, I don't know why people act this way. You know, where, where is, uh, you know, where is the love? Does anybody care about one another? Does anybody ever? you know, treat one another uh, decently? Why is everyone so mean? And there's, there's always fighting and name calling. And, uh, and that was my thing at 11, 12 years old, that this was my motto in my mind at that age. If this is the way we treat one another in this world, then there's no hope for any of us. Now that's a pretty screwed up thing. And I, or even kind of a pretty deep thing for a kid that age to think mm-hmm. because, you know, my friend who lived across the road, uh, going to his house, I mean, his whole family, you know, the parents, the older siblings, they all insulted one another, you know, and, you know, it was just like everybody was at everybody's throat. Everybody was always insulting and mean. And, you know, I seemed to get the the double helping of it. So that was my thing. If this is how family treats one another, if this is how supposed friends treat one another, if this is how humanity, treat, you know, people treat one another, there's there's no hope. There, there's no hope for any of us in this world. You know, it's 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 a very bleak and, and terrible place. So would you say, Paul, just to interject for a second, would you say that starting from an infant, from your earliest memories uh, and continuing to the time we've got you up to where you are, 12 or 13 years old now, this is like yes. a continuing, a continuing, constant daily pattern of um uh, of kind of anxiety, of feeling hopeless, sometimes of feeling uh, unwanted, of feeling somewhat disconnected from things. It did. It, it definitely was. I mean, it was it was a little different when I was younger. I mean, I, I really began to notice as I as I got older, you know, how my my father would act, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, everyone else. And and that was the thing, you know, when, when this happened, you know, I, when I got older, I would look back and say, well, gee, the way I was as, you know, a kid, you know, was this some kind of self-induced uh, phenomenon because I didn't know, mm-hmm. but, but, but all of that, you know, uh, all of that kind of like comes to the crescendo in, in uh, probably part three of, of this story. Sure. I, so, I'm just um, trying to set the the you know, just trying to set some imagery for people with some other features. Did and if I could, and I know you can jump right back into your narrative. Did you have um, did you have many friends at twelve or thirteen, or or uh, you or just a couple here or there? Yeah, I mean there there were a few. There was the kid next door. His name was uh, Paul as well. 
uh, in school, you know, I had friends, there was, you know, my friend Jeff, another kid named Guy, um, Mm -hmm. another, you know, there was Dan. So, you know, I, I I had some friends, um, so I wasn't, I I wasn't completely, uh, desolate. Yeah. (laughs) You weren't, well, yeah, it's important for people to realize that you weren't, um, that you were, you were not isolated. So you weren't isolated. You had, you know, most people, kids in school don't usually have more than two or three or four friends. So you, you pretty much had a normal number of friends. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're always the, the two, three or four people, you know, in school. Yeah. yeah. And some, some we would associate with, you know, out of school from time to time. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, so, you know, back on the story, I remember uh, again, 12 years old around November 15th, 1979, I had, I just remember it being a horrendous day at school. And I came home from school. I remember, um, I just took my, my book bag. I had this, you know, dumb little Brown book bag and I just threw it on the dining room table, went right into the the bedroom, flopped on the bed, you know, put in music. That, that was my getaway, you know, listen to, uh, you know, music, uh, sitting on the bed and just think about stuff, think of, but try to think happy thoughts. I was, I was a big daydreamer back then, you know, I would just kind of let my mind go in reverie. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I remember, you know, that, that day, uh, my brother had gone shopping with my uncle, you know, they, they were starting to uh, go Christmas shopping. So he was there right after school. He took my brother, they, they went to the mall and, uh, you know, I had just gone into my room and it was, it was probably about four thirty, quarter to five. I was in the room laying on the bed, listening to music. And there was a window at the foot of the bed. And I remember looking out of the window, you know, up at the sky. And it was one of those, you know, the skies we get this, this time of year was a sky like, uh, like that just uh, yesterday, or I think the day before where there's the very dark clouds, but then in between the dark clouds, there's kind of like the blue clear sky that you see at mm-hmm. twilight. So it was, it was one of those days and it was, um, you know, nightfall twilight. And I remember, you know, you know, it was just such a horrendous day. And I remember looking out of that window and saying to, you know, talking to God. And I said, you know, God, you've got to show me some sign of hope and goodness in this world, because I just don't think there is any, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I, I, I really feel like, you know, I need you to. Uh, show me that there's goodness and this isn't all there is. And this was the part looking up at the sky and these, you know, dark clouds with, you know, swirls of a clear twilight skyline in the, in between, I see there's this light that comes, you know, in, out of the clouds in the sky and it descends down in front of the bedroom window. And that wasn't a very big backyard. I mean, there were trees, there was, uh, you know, a fence, but it looked, uh, when it came down in front of the window, it was this huge disc shaped, almost like a top. And it had windows, you know, going all the way around the, uh, the, uh, the center of, you know, what we would call a craft. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it looked like a uh, classic UFO. I didn't know uh, 
you know anything about UFOs or ufology, you know, back then. But the the thing is rotating very slowly, and finally it comes to a stop. And in one of the openings, one of the windows, there's this girl, and she's about my age. She has blonde hair. She has like a uh, kind of like a, a silver gray jump jumpsuit on. And on her back, there, there's like wings that look like an angel. And, um, you know, before this happened, I, I wanted to make mention, as I'm looking out of the window uh, and, and the lights descending down, uh, with my vision, everything, I describe it in the book as it looked like uh, a watercolor that was left out in the rain. Everything kind of blurred for a minute, like the the colors of reality just kind of ran and smeared and there was almost like a, a white mist uh you know in the room and before my eyes and then suddenly it was you know everything was clear again and here was this you know this craft outside uh the bedroom window so the girl standing there and and i don't hear her speaking but i hear her speaking in my mind and she says to me i'm here to help you may i come in and at this point, I'm I'm feeling a little anxious. You know, my my heart rate's kicking in. I'm feeling like you ever get kind of like anxiety, like nervous, and, and and it makes you feel like your your fingers are kind of tingly. You sure. know, you just have that like that pins and needle feeling like in your body. So I, I was kind of feeling that, and I, and I'm looking at this, and and for whatever reason, I I don't jump up and I don't run, even though I'm looking at this like you know what the f, you know mm-hmm. what what you know, what exactly is happening right now. So I hear her again, you know, she says, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, I'm here to help. May I come in? And she asked about two or three times. And finally, you know, I, you know, said in a whisper, you know, okay. She steps out of this window of this, this craft into midair and like right through the window, like a ghost of the bedroom and now she's standing at the foot of the bed. And uh, at this point, I, I sit up, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm making a dart for the door again. What the hell is this? Uh, but she starts talking to me again, you know, saying things, you know, I'm here to help. God has heard. God has heard your call. God has heard your prayer. I'm here to help you um, heal. You know, I'm here to help you. Uh, get rid of a lot of this hurt and a lot of this burden that you're feeling. And, and, as she, and as she's speaking, I start to feel more calm. And I, and I feel like I almost like know this being. There's something familiar about her. Now, may I just ask you a question here? Or do you need to just continue without a question? Get jump in with a question anytime. Uh, okay, because I yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't want to interrupt the story too much here. How do you know that you were not sleeping at this time? Yeah, I I, I definitely wasn't sleeping. Um, tell tell the uh, the listening audience in your mind why you know you weren't sleeping. Well, the uh, the big reason I could tell you exactly what I was listening to. Um, I had uh, a small portable eight track sitting on the bed next to me. And I was listening to an eight track of ABBA's greatest hits that my brother mm-hmm. had just bought probably a week ago. 
And I think actually the name of the song that was playing when all this went down was um, a song called, it was either Dancing Queen or the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so this is what, uh, you know, and uh, of, of course, by the time the, uh, the, um, this being steps through the window into the room, when I sat up, I remember, you know, reaching down and I, I, I pulled the, the eight track out of the side of the, the little eight track player. Hmm. Uh, for those of you who may not know what the eight track tapes are, uh, that's what I was listening to <laughs> at that mm-hmm. point. And, and what did, what did uh, this being look like again? What did well, again, you, what she was did a, you? again, she was, a, she was about my age, you know, about my height, long mm-hmm. uh, blonde hair. She had kind of uh, this uh, silver gray jumpsuit and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there were like the, uh, the feathery wings on her back. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so what happened next? Well, the thing is, uh, she introduces herself as Sarah. And, you know, she tells me at this point, you know, anytime that you need me, anytime that you need to talk to somebody or, um, you know, kind of uh, have somebody to tell, you know, uh, your, kind of your troubles to just say my name and I will come. I will hear you and I will come. Just say my name. And, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of a lot that, um, to cram into this. We, we, you know, I don't want to take a a thousand years to tell the story on the show, but, um, uh, suffice it to say, uh, she told me things like, you know, we were talking about my teacher one day, you know, and the way my father acted Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, and I remember, uh, you know, having this notion, you know, since we were like comic book kids that, hey, maybe Sarah was like something uh, uh, supernatural or superhero like or could bestow some uh, extra courage or strength onto me, you know, and I could like beat the crap out of these people and, you know, uh, you know, kind of kind of give, the, you know, the, the teacher, Mrs. Blake, a, you know, a sock in the jaw and shut her up type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I remember her saying, no, this isn't the way uh, you handle these kind of things. And, and I remember her, her saying things like, you know, when, when people treat you this way, treat them with more love and kindness in return. And therefore, you may make them wonder why they're treating someone who is so nice and polite in such a harsh and terrible way. And uh, I started doing this. You know, and, you know, other kids at school that were kind of the bullies, um, my teacher, uh, my father. And and lo and behold, just by being extra nice to people, uh, they started to be nicer back. And I was like, holy cow, it, it's actually working. You know, um, I didn't think it would, but they're, they're actually responding in a, a more positive way, you know, just by me being more uh you know, more loving, more compliment, you know, complimenting them. Uh, if they need something, you know, do it for them type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, also she would say, you know, things, um, you know, like, you know, you're, you're young now and you're in this room and you feel like that you will, you know, never 
get out of these circumstances like it's been going on forever, you mm-hmm. know, but you, but you will grow. Uh, times will change. You mm-hmm. will leave this place. You will, you will meet other people. You will have a different life and uh, you know, things of the nature of, you know, our problems here on earth. We, we think that they're so tremendous, but viewing earth from uh, kind of like outer space, you know, where the planet is so small, you know, in, in this vastness of uh, the cosmos, you know, and filling that cosmos is God who is love and who's always for us and always hears our prayers and wants to help us. You know, it makes these seemingly little uh, earthly problems that we have seem very small and insignificant. You know, it kind of puts them in a much different perspective rather than blowing them up to be uh, almost cosmic themselves. They're so big. uh, I'll never solve them. I'll never get away. Uh, Things will never change. You know, poor me uh, type of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, did you ever physically touch Sarah or uh, could you see through her or did she, uh, you know, in in your consciousness, uh, was she fully formed and solid and and real or was it uh, mystical or, uh, you know, where where she was translucent or transparent uh, in some way or some degree or could she have been an inner voice or was she, uh, you know, definitely something? in reality with form and substance. Well, the, there were times, as I say in the book where it's, it's kind of a visionary experience and I, and I liken it to the, uh, the writings of uh, St. Paul when he says, uh, you know, there, there was a man who was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out, he could not tell, but he saw things that were, uh, you know, uh, kind of unexplainable and, you know, the mysteries of God type of thing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it was very visionary that way. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and other times she was, you know, very solid. I mean, she always took on the, the very solid um, appearance. And yes, there were times where, you know, I touched this being or she would touch me and I would, I would physically feel it. Um, and now here's one that uh, here's, here's a story you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of UFOs, w- was I abducted, you know, or was mm-hmm. I not one day? And, and this comes with seeing, seeing the earth from, you know, out in the cosmos and, you know, God fills everything. Uh, she comes in the room one day and I, and I inquire about uh, this thing. She always arrives on this spaceship, you know, what is that? And she says that it, it is her transportation vessel. And would I like to, would I like to see it? Would I like to see the inside of it? You know, and I'm like, no, no way. You know, I'm, I, I, no, thanks. I, I don't want to see it. You know, that's fine. Just mm-hmm. tell me about it. I, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I definitely don't want to, uh, you know, um, have a closer look or be inside of it. But somehow, uh, again, and I always liken this to the stories that people tell, like like even in biblical times when they say that uh, an angel or some uh, heavenly being would talk to them, they they would feel, you know, kind of fearful at first. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then, you know, but then they were either spoken to or they were touched 
and all fear would leave and you kind of, they had more uh, confidence. They weren't so fearful in the presence of this being. So uh, th there was some of that that, uh, that happened during this experience, this being one of them, that she asks, asks me, you know, if I want to see the inside of this thing and that no, no harm will befall me, nothing will happen to me. And I was very apprehensive and she touches my hand. And I remember again, the, the feeling of calm. And for some reason I just say, uh, you know, uh, okay, you know, let's, let's take a look at it. And, uh, this is the part again, in the body, out of the body, um, they're physically there in, you know, some astral form. Uh, I couldn't tell you other than that. I get off the bed. She takes my hand. We step through the window, through the opening in this craft. And there we are in this thing. And it's just bright white light. There's, there's nothing there. There's no walls, there's no floor, there's no ceiling, there's no physical features of any kind. It's just a bright white light. And I'm standing there with this girl with wings. And, you know, at that point, uh, again, I kind of start uh, getting very nervous and very panicky. Like, where are we? What is this? You know, uh, we're just like in the middle of nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, at, at that point, the light starts to dim down and it, it does take on a very kind of uh, metallic features. You know, it's it's rounded, curved walls. Um, it, it wasn't cold. It wasn't really cold and sterile. Um But, you know, it, it, it was like you would imagine there's, you know. Yeah, it's in the middle of this uh, metallic craft. And I remember a little window like opening on the side and she asks me to look out of the window and I don't want to, I'm resistant. I don't want to look out of the window. And, uh, you know, finally she convinces me to come look out of this little window. And again, that's when, you know, I see out of this window, like we're, out somewhere in outer space and here's this little tiny earth like in the distance and this is when she tells me you know how small the earth looks from out here you know this tiny planet in the middle of this vastness of space and encompassing and permeating everything is god you know and when you see it from this perspective you know how much different how much smaller do all those little problems look on that little tiny planet where we blow them up to be such ginormous uh, entities in our lives. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think this could have been any kind of astral projection kind of event on your part? It could have been. I, I you know, I don't know. You know, I couldn't tell you again. Astral were there, projection. No. Were there were there any other uh, of these uh, angels, aliens, entities other than Sarah on the ship? There were not. And that's one of the things that I was actually uh, uh, kind of fearful of You know, now that I'm in this thing with with this uh, with this uh, humanoid. Uh, are there others and uh, are they going to 
uh, attack me? Are they going to kill me? Are they going to try to do some kind of harm? Is she going to morph into some kind of a hideous monster and take a bite out of me? You know, all these things. What about, the, you know, things that people ordinarily don't think of, if you don't mind me asking you? Well, you know, what did it do? Do you have any re- recollection of your other senses, like your sense of what was the lighting like? Did What was the temperature like? Uh, do you, can you remember? Was there any kind of smell or <coughs> aroma or, you know, pleasant, unpleasant, any any kind of background noise, anything like that? Any kind of, um, uh, you know, did it look like anybody, there was any food or drink or sustenance or anything else like that? Well, I was born without a sense of smell. I, I could never smell since I was a kid. So if there were gotcha. any odors, any odors present, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Unless it was smoke or Vicks or you know really hot peppers yeah. or onions. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but uh, as, as far as the temperature goes, um, if I can think back to this, it, it it wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. It was like. Being outside or in your home on that perfect day where you're neither hot nor cold, you just mm-hmm. are. So it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't uncomfortable in any way as far as being too warm or too hot. Uh, oh. The the light, um, it's kind of weird if if you can just imagine a a bright white light. Kind of like sometimes when you see in a movie if somebody is unconscious or mm-hmm. dazed and you see, the, you know, they're seeing like this bright white light, you know, and then everything mm-hmm. kind of comes into focus. Sort of like that. It was really bright, but it wasn't somehow it wasn't like burning or hurting my eyes. It was just very bright. It was like I said, there were at that point, there were no windows. There was no floor there, you know, just in mm-hmm. the middle of nothing just bright white light and you, you know? could and you looked out the window and you could see the planet earth being small and insignificant right and, yeah and and eventually you know the with the light dimmed down and it was you know kind of the the metallic gray metallic walls uh mm-hmm. kind of rounded as we would imagine and uh you know the, there was there was in the middle of the room kind of like this chair it, it almost looked like it almost looked like a chiropractic table that, uh, you know, uh, it's the best way I could d- describe it. It, it. But it had arms and it, it looked like it could recline back to like a bed, like you could mm-hmm. lay on it. It looked like it was kind of flexible to me, like in sections. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, it was it, it, it was kind of stark, uh, you know, in there. Hmm. But, uh, so what? Yeah. So so what happens next, Paul? Well, after she uh, after she gives me the uh, the spiel about uh, you know uh, outer space and small planet and you know God uh, uh, encompassing and permeating all things, uh, of course I question. You know, what are you? Are 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 you are you from outer space? Are are you an alien? And she never really answered my questions, you know, it was just kind of like something like that. Uh, well, I'm some, I'm from somewhere that's very far from here, yet it's very close, you know, uh, mm-hmm. very kind of mysterious in answering those kind of questions. But uh, 
you know, it, it wasn't too long, you know, and uh, she did return me to my room. And I, and I remember when I got back to the room, uh, I remember feeling um, just the, the weird physical feeling I had after that. I, you know, again, you know, I remember walking over to the bed and kind of flopping down on the bed and kind of laying on my back. Mm-hmm. And I felt I felt kind of lightheaded. I felt, uh, again, kind of tingly in my body. Um, maybe maybe a little weak, you know, I, I just felt kind of like drained and, and, and kind of peculiar. And I remember her coming over and, and again, talking about, you know, touch and being able to feel, you know, she put her hand on my forehead and, you know, all those sensations of feeling kind of weak and tingly and kind of weird just were immediately gone, you know. So uh, I, I do remember that particular instance being very, very real. So she returns you home, right? She did. And and what happens next? Well, things uh, things were actually, you know, we, we talked about life. We talked about God. You know, I mean, the, there are many. You'd have to read the book, the book to kind of catch the gist of many of the topics that, were, that mm-hmm. we spoke of. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she kind of put everything into uh, perspective um, that I never really thought of, uh, you know, on my own. And, and I implemented her invite her advice. I didn't get mad. I didn't get upset at people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I treated people more nicely. Uh, you know, I had a more positive prayer life, kind of, you know, talking to God. And uh, I remember feeling, you know, that November through December, through Christmas and, you know, up to about uh, maybe New Year's, just feeling, you know, uh, feeling very light, feeling very happy. I remember feeling like probably uh, the most happy, the most light, the most positive I I probably felt in years. You know, I, I wasn't morose. I wasn't sitting around going, you know, why is everybody so, you know, mean and, you know, all this. And uh, it was probably uh, about right before New Year's or right after um, things seemed to be going pretty well. And uh, oddly, uh, I started to call on Sarah less and less until I didn't call on her at all. You know, mm-hmm. it just seemed like life was coasting along. It had hit kind mm-hmm. of a, a, a bit of an upbeat patch there. And uh, maybe I felt like I didn't, uh, you know, need uh, her to lean on as much as I did in the beginning. And um, eventually it just kind of all faded out you know that the probably the last time i saw her was maybe in january february of, of that year uh but then after i stopped um i stopped calling on her i didn't see her anymore uh, as i describe in the book little by little uh life started to return back to its old ways you know people started being more mean it started bothering me more uh, you know, all the, sh- all the shenanigans started again. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was, you were going to ask a question. <laughs> no, and I was going to say, how old were you now by this time that the shenanigans started again? 15, 16? No, it was only the, uh, the previous year. I was 12. I, oh, okay. I, turned, uh, I turned 13 that February. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, 
so yeah, pro- probably I, I would say by my birthday, which is sadly, I, I, I really, uh, I'm one of these people that dislike Valentine's day very much. And sadly that is my birthday, February 14th, mm. but, um, it's, uh, uh, probably by my birthday things, things were starting to, uh, you know, or maybe a little after they, they were starting to, um, uh, you know, get back into the, the same old routine where, uh, you know, I wasn't feeling so good about, uh, the people or the world around me. But now the interesting thing is once I turned 13, by the time we hit April, now it's like April, 1980, I wasn't so sad anymore. Uh, I started to get pissed off. I started to get a temper, like who the hell do these people think they are? Mm -hmm. I'm not taking this anymore. They want to dish it out. I'm going to start dishing it back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that carries over into part two because that starts from maybe, uh, like April, May, 1980 and goes up until maybe the November, December of 1983, uh, before I actually saw Sarah again. And um, I've got you. A whole so, a whole new epic uh, <laughs> began at that point. So this would be the logical place to stop this part. Then am I correct? It would. You know, the, okay. the next one starts kind of like the uh, a three year journey before I I see her again. And and what I did, uh, you know, within that time, uh, I, I definitely was not um, implementing her advice. Um, at that point, uh, I, I started. I started doing a lot of talking with my fists. <laughs> I've got you, know? you. Well, this is a this is a very interesting story. As I told you when you told me this in person, and certainly not on the radio and everything, uh, rather on the on a podcasting, of course. And uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I know that we do for other guests, and of course, should it be afforded for you? This is this is not about saying, "Hey, you've got to prove that this is true." You've got to prove, you know. Now this is you're recounting a story and, 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 you know, we're listening and with an open mind, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people are going to be believing you. Other people are going to be very skeptical of that. Sure. Uh, other people are not going to have any opinion whatsoever, but you will find the story fascinating or, you know, you know, routine or whatever, however it goes with the population. But to me, I always look at that, um, you know, from from many different angles. And just while we have a couple of minutes left uh, on this particular show, you know, we're going to continue this series, uh, you know, in a couple of parts to uh, amaze and entertain people and give them a, a wonderful uh, example of angels, aliens, and UFOs, to say the least. Uh, do you think you've mentioned, uh, you know, emotional distress? very emotional, uh, you know, uh, period in your life, uh, anger, uh, you know, fearfulness, uh, hopelessness and things like that. Do you think Sarah could be like, and I asked you this in, in person, do you think she could be a very sophisticated version for you, Paul, of, um, of an imaginary friend? I thought that for a, a long time, you know, especially since, uh, a little bit of a teaser when I saw her again in 1983, 
right. once again, I, I, right. I, 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 I was just spent, you know, I was actually starting mm-hmm. to have anxiety attacks. I didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, but, but the thing was starting about that time, uh, being something that I made up, she started to tell me things that I would find out or that would happen later on, like in the future. Mm-hmm. And they did. Mm-hmm. And that was very perplexing to me because after after 1983, there were sporadic moments where she would pop in very briefly Um but I didn't really have any significant encounter until like 2003. I went seeking this um, because I I didn't, I would think about it a lot, particularly this time of year. And I would say, you know, what, what the heck was it? What, was I hallucinating? Like you said, was it just like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a very uh, kind of sophisticated imaginary friend that I, that I made up to comfort myself. Mm-hmm. But if that were if that were so, how would I tell myself things through this imaginary f- friend that I had no way of knowing? And, um, you know, uh, again, a little bit of a teaser spoiler. In, in 2003, uh, this happened a lot, and it didn't become such a subjective experience because there were a lot of things happening around me that other people were there and witnessed my mother. Uh, several, several friends. Um, my first, uh, my first wife (laughs) at at that point. Uh, so there were, and these things would happen very suddenly and, and unexplainable. And, um, you know, so how, how do we account for that? Uh, you know, that's, that's something that, uh, do I still look at this experience and go, could it be something other than what it claimed to be and appeared to be? It could be, but man, some of this is just, you know, it, it, it defies uh, those explanations uh, in its own right, as people will hear uh, later on as the story progresses. Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, it's a great narrative. Uh, you know, you tell the you tell the narrative, you tell the story in a very calm way, in a very sensible way. Uh, you are reasonable in it. And uh, even though the events sound, uh, you know, to the average person, I think would be strange to the extreme uh, with all those kinds of things. It's, it's a very fascinating, uh, compelling story, very interesting. And uh, as people listen to the rest of the of the narrative about Sarah, I think you're going to find uh, if you found the first part entertaining, you're going to find the latter parts uh, five times as much. They have yes, uh, and, and, of, and, and I'm misleading the audience. I, 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 it was not 1983 the last time before 2003. It was 1979, 1983, a little bit sporadic here and there. Then 1991, right? Then two, then 2003, right, right. I, I think something that I'd like is, uh, you know, we get audience uh, responses, uh, you know, many times. If you, uh, if you have. Uh, any opinions on this particular show or things that you think it might be or any similar kinds of experiences that you've had, why don't you contact uh, me, Stan Wangland, S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at Gmail or contact Paul at uh, Nocturnal Magic, uh, his emailing uh, address, and uh, let us know. 
you know, your experience or what you think or some kind of interpretation. Are you down for that, Paul? I am. You know, I uh, I'm definitely interested in hearing other people's stories. <laughs> Excuse me. And I've, and, I, and I've talked to uh, probably more people now uh, than uh, than I thought I ever would that had similar uh, experiences. There, there's a, a gentleman I'm friends with on um, Facebook, and I'm, I'm not going to give his name for for privacy reasons, but uh, he actually lives uh, in a, uh, I believe, a Middle Eastern country, and uh, he too when he was 12 years old had this being come to him that he said has been with him all of his life. You know, it's his guardian angel, his best friend, you know, he, he loves this, this being like, you know, like it's a family member Mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted him to come on the show and tell his story. And he said he, he would love to, but uh, his English is not so good. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he can, he can, he can dope it out better in writing, but to come on the show and, and uh, you know, speak. He, he he's afraid that he's not going to. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, lots of people have had experiences, and if you've had one, uh, you can email me at nocturnalmagic at gmail dot com or email Stan. Uh, you know, we we'd love to uh, have you on the show, and you know, tell your story if if you're comfortable uh, doing that. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, these are things. I mean, I know what that's like. You feel a little weird, you know, putting something that bizarre or personal out there for mass consumption. But there's a larger part of me that says, you know what? If we had these experiences and if they're real or if they're unexplainable and enough there that they can't be just explained away like, yeah, imagination or, you know, whatever, whatever. um, We should talk about them and let people know that, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people in this world who are depressed, who do feel alone, who feel like they have nothing or no one or times are hopeless. And I think stories like this give people hope. You know, we're we're not alone. And this isn't something that's special to to me because I'm, you know, some visionary or saint or anything like that or or anybody else. I I think this is something that's available to all people. And in my experience, uh, at least with Sarah, uh, she said that many times that, you know, the, they're always there. They're always listening. And, you know, if, if people will just open their hearts, uh, have faith, you know, they will respond, you know, in, in very definite ways. Well, I think that's a great closing for part one of this particular episode. If you concur with me, Paul. And uh, I think it was a very fascinating show. I think uh, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think it's a wonderful show for this time of the year, for any time of the year, but particularly, uh, uh, you know, around the time of uh, holidays and family gatherings and things where we reminisce and think about our lives and families and the state of the world and all those kinds of things. Uh, It certainly fits in. Uh, to a lot of those uh, particular issues that are ongoing to humanity on a you know on a just a, you know a forever basis, so I hope you guys will rate uh, and review the show and subscribe to the show, and to our fans again in China, I I hope you enjoyed this show particularly. Any you know, other clo- uh, any any closing words, Paul? Anything that you uh, you want to close out with? 
you know, I had something on the tip of my brain, but it, uh, it, it flew away like a bird. So <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it at that, that, uh, you know, we're, we're, I don't think we're alone in this world or in this universe and it doesn't matter uh, who you are, where you are, what country you live in, United States, China, Pakistan, wherever you happen to be. Uh, you know, I, I think that there are some, uh, good friends right around us, um, we may not be able to see them, but they're there. And uh, I, I think we certainly can ask them for help or just talk to them, you know, lay our, uh, our, our problems, our grievances, our, our burdens. And, 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 you know, they, they, they will respond. They, they will make themselves known in, in some way, shape or form. I think that's a wonderful closing note, buddy. I think that's a great one. And to all of you who are out there and who celebrate Thanksgiving, and there may be some other holidays in other countries that you're celebrating that Paul and I are not aware of, or just celebrating life with your family or you know with, with whatever, uh, we wish you the very, very best uh, for the for this particular holiday, and again for for any uh, joyous occasion uh, or holiday that you're celebrating. So stay tuned next week for part two of The People Under the Stairs and part two of Aliens, Angels, and UFOs. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wanglin. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com. That's at swangland at gmail.com. And please continue to check out all the new episodes of The People Under the Stairs every Wednesday and every Sunday on the Reality Check Podcast Network. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.